0: Warning. Listening to this podcast could be hazardous to your mental health. Side effects could include. Random fits of yelling go bills to total strangers. For your safety. The entire collective medical community recommends caution when consuming this podcast. You are listening to Buffalo on the Brain with the most unathletic man in Bills Mafia, Vince Taylor. Is this right? This fucking guy is still around? Okay whatever.
1: Bills Mafia, how are you all doing today? Thank you so much for choosing to spend your Monday with me. You are listening to Buffalo on the Brain. I'm your host, Vince Taylor. You are listening to me right here on the Built-in Buffalo Network. I'm very excited about this week's hot seat. I have uh, Steve Mathis over from the Air 8 Hour, one half of that awesome show. Uh, I also have BFF Jeremy over from the Buffalo Bootleg who has taken a little bit of time off, but now that show is coming back and it released on Sunday. And last but not least, and uh, you know, I'm I'm going to get into this later, but one of my personal favorite podcasts out there, Jay Spencer King from The Code of Conduct. One of the coolest people in Bill's Mafia. I'm very excited to have uh, just a few minutes to talk with him as well. But first, we have some Bill's news to get to. I want to go ahead and start in talking about Starletule. Uh, I was a little bit concerned, you know, concern level was like maybe a three or four out of 10 about him not going to OTAs last year. Apologies. Sorry. Last week. All it took was a nine second video for me to feel a little better. I'm not going to say that that nine second video is going to erase all of my fears because, you know, you could be doing that with your teammates still. And, you know, apparently he has not been eating bonbons and just pounding beers, but he has been keeping in shape. He looks thin. He looks light which is not necessarily what your one techs are usually known for. Uh, but I'm okay with that because it looks like he's working really hard. Um, you know, again, it's a nine-second video, so just take from that what I can. Um, still would like to see him in some game action uh, against some real competition, but, you know, uh, at least I know that he's not eating bonbons and just pounding beers for the last year. That, that's more my game than Star's. We also know that Stefan Diggs reworked his contract and basically converted a bunch of salary into a signing bonus and that freed up about $7.8 million extra in this year's cap. A lot of people are speculating that this meant that a Zach Ertz trade was inevitable and imminent. Uh, It's still not happened yet. It's been just about a week. Maybe by the time this comes out, it'll be closer to a week, but we have not seen uh, that money be spent yet. Steven Nelson is still out there looking extra attractive to me. Um, Not sure that's going to happen. That is about the right amount of money we would need to get a Zach Ertz trade going. Um, I really doubt that the Eagles are going to release Zach Ertz. If we're going to get him, and I say we are, as in Bill's fans, it's going to be by trade. Um, But it doesn't seem like there's a strong market for him right now. And the Eagles are trying to maximize their trade value when, you know, they need to get out from under the contractor, obviously ready to move on. They're talking about giving Dallas Godert the extension and it's coded cap, right? So everyone's trying to save money and pennies here or there. They're trying to let him go. If you were to get outright released, which is just silly, you know, take the sixth round pick or fifth round pick rather than get nothing at all. But if he were to get released, I have to believe that he would go, back over to the Colts to be reunited with Carson Wentz and Frank Reich. That seems – I think most people would believe that would be the most logical place for him to land. And uh, you're not going to really talk me out of that. I think that's where he's going to end up somehow. Does that mean that if the Eagles and the Colts were both offer, say, a fifth-round pick, um, well, Colts are picking a little bit higher, They or should be. Uh, So I I don't know. Uh, I just have a hard time thinking that Zacherts is going to be a bill unless we maybe end up opening our offer up a little bit. And I'm I'm not in a hurry to do that. Uh, I wasn't really in a hurry to restructure anybody's contract, but we got that done, and what's done is done. And uh, what we learned today was that Julio Jones is now off the market. Yes, Julio Jones. Um, The Rams had been out on them. The Chiefs were uh, reportedly never in on him. Uh, But it felt like the suitors were just kind of falling away one by one. You learned that the Browns were out. You learned that uh, the Rams were out. You learned the Ravens were out. The Chiefs were never in. The Falcons were saying all along that they wanted a first-round pick, and they have been saying that they had a first-round offer for him. Um, uh, They've been saying that for a while, and they ended up trading him today to the Titans for a second-round pick they obviously never did. So that would, <laughs> that would make me a little bit dubious next time. I want to go making a deal with Terry Fontenot over there in Atlanta, but um, I don't hate the move for the Titans, you know, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Derek Henry, Ryan Tannehill. That's a formidable offense. Uh, they're going to have the same problem. We would have had if we wanted to make the move. So they're, including Julio Jones right now, about $9 million over the cap. The trade is not official for a few days. They're saying he needs to take a physical. Yeah, I guess that's part of it, but they also have to find money to actually make this trade work. So there's going to be some moves coming out of Tennessee, whether that means trade or probably more likely going to Ryan Tannehill and asking him to move some money around. Um, I'm, I'm not hating this move for the Titans for this year. Now they're going all in. This is the equivalent in poker where you push all your chips to the center of the table and you, you want to see what everybody else has. And, um, you know, that that's a good offense. Their defense could be better. You know, I feel like it had been sporadic in the last few years. Um, but they're going to be hard to keep up with and not unlike us last year. That's a good team. Now I still think the bills are a better offense, even, you know, with some of the holes that we think we may have, um, you know, tight end and whatnot, but, uh, I, I'm just gonna bet on Josh more than I would Ryan Tannehill, even if I haven't been given Ryan Tannehill enough credit. He was—he's been really good since he's been with the Tennessee Titans, and uh, that offense is—it's going to be a challenge for the Bills. We remember we play them and the Chiefs back to back again this year, and that's where we stumbled last year. So, um, obviously, if we want to be the best, we got to beat the best, and I say bring it on. But I also say, you know, if Tennessee does not win the Super Bowl this year. That's going to come back and bite him a little bit. He's going to be stuck with a wide receiver who's aging. Uh, Next year, he'll be 33. He's still going to be making a lot of money. You're probably going to end up having to restructure his contract too. I think I had read a little bit of uh, noise last week that he was looking to get restructured. But um, you're going to start getting diminishing returns is what I just said on Twitter. Um, Sure, for 2021, great move. If you don't win it all though, you're going to start looking at having diminishing returns from that asset. And, um, you know, the Titans are not averse to taking some risk. They just drafted Caleb fairly in the first round. And, you know, I think he had a broken back. Um, so we can, he didn't play last year. So we really don't know what they have in their first round pick and, and they're making some big swings, but uh, you know, I've, I'm always accused of being a little bit too conservative. And I think that's, I am guilty of that a lot, but in this case, uh, I'm glad that they did it and not us. We already had an elite offense without Julio Jones. We don't need to pay for that. Sure, there are other ways that we can upgrade and get better, but you know, bringing Julio Jones just seemed like overkill and overpay. And I feel like that as well to a lesser degree with Zach Ertz. Um, don't know what Brandon Bean has planned for this money. I'm still got like a little piece in my heart that's holding out that we're going to get a CB2 upgrade, but you know, I realize that it is what it is and it's probably going to be trying to trade for Zach Ertz. If I had to guess, and I have no sources, I'm a dumb podcaster out in Indiana. I know nothing, but, uh, they're haggling over the draft compensation and they have been all week and uh, the Eagles are still holding firm, and uh, beans just kind of waiting to see where the chips fall. That's what I think is going on behind the scenes, but I have no way of knowing that. I also wanted to talk about Tremaine Edmonds. I know we've talked about him before, but you know, I just I feel like it's a it's a good exercise to kind of predict what might be happening with him in the future. Now, I was never against picking up the fifth year option. I thought that was smart. Um, what I could possibly be against in the future is giving him a big contract. Um, you don't need to tell me he's young. That seems to be the best defense that everybody has is that he's young and they can point to poor the throw bolts that he has. A, I know he's young. But he's coming up on a second contract. And he hasn't shown us that he can be- become a game-changing linebacker. And right now, that's not who he is. He's just kind of, yeah, he's there. He's a guy. Two. I don't give a rat's ass about Pro Bowls. Pro Bowls mean absolutely nothing to me. Um, if you need further proof that Pro Bowls are just kind of popularity contests to a large degree, I mean, Tyrod Taylor made a Pro Bowl, right? Has he ever been that guy? No, he's not. So Pro Bowls mean nothing to me. Um, I'm not here to tell you he's trash. And I think Steve and I talk about this a little bit later on, but I don't believe he's trash. But I think there's a certain segment of, of Tremaine Edmonds fans that when you say anything negative, they want to take you to that extreme. And that's not how I feel. I feel like he needs to step up and he needs to do it now. Otherwise, I would really be hesitant to give him that huge contract that he's going to be looking for. Um, because right now, I just see just a guy. And um, you know, some of the possible scenarios that we could see playing out are what if he goes into his fifth-year option Because this year he has a year much like he did last year. And we we can give him some slack because he was injured, whatever. Um, But he's not making any game-changing plays. You know, so then if you start looking at giving him that contract and four years in the league, still kind of being the same guy and making the same plays and having the same mistakes – I really think that people will start changing their perspective of how much they think he's worth as a contract. Um, you know, I, I, is he worth a Matt Milano type deal? Maybe. Um, but I, I think that I would start looking at the end of this year of linebackers in the draft, because we know how important that middle linebacker spot is. And, um, you know, I, we're going to be saving pennies and looking to give money to other people. and, Um, why not try to get another linebacker and take another shot? You could possibly even potentially trade him. Uh, Steve is, and I talked about this a little bit and he thinks that there will be a GM out there. That's willing to give him that money. I say, that's fantastic. Let them do that. Um, Buy in on all of his potential. But me, I want to see a little bit of something before I do that. Um, And if there is a GM out there, that's willing to give him that contract. That means to me that there's probably a GM out there that's willing to give up some assets and trade too. So, Uh, Those are just things that are not calling for them to happen. I'm just kind of playing what if in my mind with Tremaine for right now. Um, Like I said, he could obviously turn it back around. He could become a game wrecker, and he can be the guy that we all wanted him to be when we drafted him in the first round. And that's fantastic, and that's probably the best-case scenario for all of us. Bills fans, Tremaine, Brandon Bean, that's what we all want to see. But what we don't want to see is overpaying for that kind of middle-range starting linebacker. In other news around the league, we also learned this week that the Vikings actually did try to trade up for Justin Fields, which I think is very funny, Uh, especially when you take into effect all of the Twitter trolls out there, the the Vikings fans uh, that are just still trying to put their foot in their mouth at every opportunity Um, when they're defending Kirk Cousins. But the Vikings are out there trying to trade up to get. Justin Fields. Now, apparently they offered the 14th a third and another fourth. Um, the Vikings were asking for an additional first on top of that, and so the trade talks fell apart, but they end up taking Kellen Mond in the second round. Pretty high for a, car, a quarterback. Uh, you know, Not a first-round guy, but still pretty high pick. Um, but they also had to go out and give the dreaded vote of confidence publicly. They said, Kirk Cousins is still our guy. You know any time in your life, Where an owner or a coach has to go out there and say that there's something happening. And it may actually be true, but just the fact that they have to go out there and say those words indicates that uh, there's some damage there and there there needs to be some uh, kind of damage control and cleanup. And, And that's what those words are all about. Uh, when you're saying Kirk Cousins is a quarterback, absolutely, he's your quarterback. Same way Jimmy Garoppolo is San Francisco's quarterback. You're not looking at Kirk Cousins long term anymore. Um, but I, I just, I think, I think it was worth noting. I, I got a little chuckle when I read that story. Um, you know, I, I have always been of the opinion that Kirk Cousins is fine. He can put up some numbers. He can have a big game here or there. Uh, but he's just always going to be outside of the elite QBs. And um, if you remember when they paid him all that money, $30 million a year at that time was just outrageous. And Kirk Cousins was kind of dragging his feet and signing with, uh, which is now the Washington football team, um, because he, he wanted the money. He was, getting this, the, uh, he was getting the franchise tag year after year, and it was just starting to become untenable. So the Vikings famously at that time gave him $30 million a year. He's been fine. He's not been bad. He's not been great. He's not been worth $30 million. Um, And right now, at this point in time, $30 million is a bargain rate for a starting quarterback, honestly. Um, But at the time, I I believe he might have been the highest paid quarterback in the game for a few years. And he certainly was on his second or third franchise tag. The Bills also signed Greg Rousseau this week to this first round contract. Remember these first round contracts? Actually, all contracts are predetermined. You cannot negotiate money or salary. There are some other things you can negotiate in these contracts, which is why sometimes it takes longer than others to get it done. Uh, But money is not one of the things you can do. And so this money, they already knew that they had to sign. And I believe they had enough money to sign him before they did the Stefan Diggs restructure. So, uh, that money was not earmarked for this. That money was already there, um, and I just had to get that done. In other news, Big Ben was bragging, acting like a hero, because he took a pay cut to stay with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And I say, if you don't take a pay cut, you're probably not in the league, and you're barely hanging out anyway. Um, I, It's just it's a, it's a little bit funny to me. It's kind of a chuckle when – yeah, I'm not a big Ben fan. You know, the whole like, uh, scenario with him and the girl in the bathroom has always uh, kind of, <laughs> it's kind of dirtied my perception of him anyway, but he's not a good quarterback. He, the Pittsburgh Steelers got off to a very hot start last year and he was good in the beginning of the year, but man, he fell off a clip really fast. And, um, you know, some of that, he did have some drops on his receiver team, but he does have really good receivers out there and he fell off a cliff fast. Um, the offensive line wasn't great. Uh, they didn't do a lot to make that uh, improvement a priority for them. Um, and he's out there bragging that he took less money to stay. I, I just feel like if you didn't take less money, you were not going to be on the team. Like, you, you can't turn this into you being the hero, Big Ben. Um, in fact, I, I feel like there's probably, a and I don't know, I'm not plugged into a lot of Steelers fans, but I, I would have to believe that there's a large part of Steelers fans that were kind of wishing they would move on and uh, find the next quarterback, which they didn't do. Um, I'm kind of doubting Mason Rudolph's that guy or Doug Hodges is that guy. That guy's not on the roster. Um, so maybe bringing him back is the best they could do, but him taking credit for it and acting like a hero is just, just comical. Like, dude, you have to learn how to read the room. Uh, Daz Newsom. If you remember back from draft season, he was the Bills draft darling of a lot of folks out there. A lot of folks were really hoping that we picked him up in the later rounds. Uh, Unfortunately, we did not get around to it. He hurt his collarbone. I believe he broke his collarbone. He's going to be fine. He should be back in time for uh, regular preseason games and regular uh, training camp, but uh, worth noting because I know a lot of Bills fans had a lot of love for that guy. Okay, Bills fans, that is all I have for you this week, but uh, I am excited again about this week's Mafia Hot Seat. Steve Mathis over from the Air 8 Hour. We have BFF Jeremy, friend of the show, love that guy, and one of my personal favorites, uh, favorites of all the podcasts out there, one of my favorites, Jay Spence the King. Without further ado, this week's Mafia Hot Seat. All right, it's Bills Mafia first up in the hot seat this week. We have Steve Mathis, one half of the Air Raid Hour over there on the Buffalo Fanatics Network. Steve, how are you doing tonight?
2: Hey, man, I'm doing great. Just got done with my show, so I'm, I'm I'm ready to continue the conversation on Buffalo, Buffalo Bills football. You're a machine. You're a machine. <laughs> Tell us about your show. Uh, well, I host, um, uh, as you mentioned, I'm one half of the Air Raid Hour with my co-host uh, Dave Tilton. And uh, producer Kendall, Kendall Mersky. Every Monday, every Thursday, eight o'clock, we hop on YouTube, the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel, and we just, we talk about Buffalo Bills football, breaking news, what the people in the comments section want to talk about, a couple of pre planned things that we have every week, some opinions we want to get off our chest. But uh, I think one of the things that really sets our show apart is the comment section. We base 95% of our show uh, uh, on what the people in the comments section want to talk about, what they want to say. We share their takes. We talk about their takes. We discuss their takes, answer any questions. So they really are almost like the fourth host of the show. It's, it's, it's a really good time.
1: Yeah. You guys do a really good job. You're so smooth and it's almost like you're professionals. It feels like sometimes, and <laughs> I really that. you guys have like one of the best intros in the podcast game too. Like, I love the siren. It just pumps me up.
2: <laughs> yeah. So. We, we, uh, once we used to be obviously the bills guys and we got that cease and desist from the buffalo bills like you can't use our name anymore and we were really struggling and it was right after um we had sort of released um a a t-shirt at buffalo fanatics the the air raid t-shirt where it was sort of like josh allen like in the red logo like the red silhouette kind of like jordan and it just said air raid next to it and we were trying to think of a name and i was just like air raid hour like we got, we got our franchise quarterback. We could talk about that. Like people can lob their takes and all that stuff. And then sure enough, um, you know, when, when I was thinking about the intro, the air raid siren, I'm like, well, now we got the air raid siren too. Uh, so it just, it was a complete accident, but it just worked. Yeah.
1: It's a good show. I, I always catch you guys in podcast form. So I catch you the next day. I don't catch you live, (laughs) but I I do listen and I try to keep up. I appreciate it. But yeah, you guys do a good job, and uh, I, I appreciate it. it's a lot of work. You guys put a lot of work into what you do, especially during draft season.
2: Oh, I live. We, me and Dave, both live for draft season. Like it's not, it's not even work for us. Like we would be doing it anyway if we were talking to to, to no one. Uh, both of us are just absolutely obsessed. It's our, it's our Christmas. My fiance is still learning, or my fiance, my wife. I just got married. Uh, my wife is still learning how to deal with how obsessed I am with the NFL draft. <laughs> well, <laughs> she, she got a long time to she, figure that out. She was she was like, They they just pick players, and I'm like, Yeah, and and, and she's like, and you, you talk about it? And I'm like, Yeah, and she's like, for
1: nine hours a week, and I'm like, Yeah, I got a problem. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're gonna go ahead and get started. So uh in case you're not familiar, I have 10 questions in front of me, labeled one through ten, and all you do is pick a number and we read you the corresponding question, we just talk about it for a few minutes and and that's that. So, which number would you like? Since you're the first one of the week,
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna go with number seven. For Everybody my man, J- for my man JP Lossman. Everybody always takes seven, and Doug Flutie. Ah, there we go. See, I could have Jeff Tool. Uh, there, were, there were a number of ways I could have gone, but I went with JP
1: Lossman. All right. So I like this question too because sometimes I have questions where there's nothing's really got a wrong answer, but some of them have like a lot of really good answers. And yeah. and this one, I feel like you're going to have a lot of good insight on. So which bills player has the most pressure to step up this year? Ooh,
2: that is a great question. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Trey Emmons. I, I think, I, I think that he's a guy who got his fifth year uh, extension picked up. The fan base is sort of, it's sort of um, what's I'm looking for. He's a lightning rod in the fan base right now. There are some people uh, who are very much uh, against trade Edmonds. There are some people who are like defiant supporters of, of Evans, And there are some people who are just like Yeah, like he makes them feel nothingness. Uh, I'm sort of in that middle right now where he makes me feel nothingness. I'm still just the generic, um, you know, he's still only 20, you know, two or 23 years old. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's still really young. He's still developing. Star Loda Lele was out. They were using three techs at one tech. Um, he was injured. Like I'll come up with every excuse in the book to just be patient with Tremaine Emmons. But if this defense wants to take the next step next year, I mean, boogie Basham, Gregory Rousseau, star Lele coming back. Like there is some talent in that defensive front. And there's obviously talent in that secondary to me, a guy like Tremaine Emmons is the one who just needs to step up and be the leader of that defense and put it all together. Um, I would like to, you know, cover one made a, a great point. Like maybe a guy like Tyrell, Ad- uh, Tyrell Adams can step up or A.J. Klein, um can become more of an imprint on this defense. And a guy like Matt Milano can play that that rover role that sort of Shaq Thompson played in Carolina, that Buffalo nickel, and they can start using Matt Milano on the field more, um, like in the safety situations or like up in the box and the nickel situations and things like that. But to me, that's 100% based upon Tremaine Emmons being able to handle that middle of the field, being able to read and react, drop back into zone. When he needs to drop back into zone, jump routes when the football is thrown, understand when a running back is making a cut and, and filling that lane and getting there uh, and, 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 you know, shedding the blocks to get to that running back. A, a lot of what our what Matt Milano can do. A lot of the freedom you can give a guy like Matt Milano to go out and make plays is going to be dictated on Tremaine Emmons in the middle of that defense.
1: I was not expecting you to pick Tremaine, but I am so (laughs) glad that you did. Uh, I'm so glad that you did because I feel like in Bill's Mafia, there are a few people who hate him, but I feel like the people who are like you and me are just kind of, well, I kind of feel meh. They read that as you hate him. Yeah. And that's not true, but you you can't say anything negative or they want to take it all the way to the, to the extreme. And it's like, I, not how I feel.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone thinks that about me because even though I feel like me on Tremaine Edmonds, I make it a point to find people who are slandering him on Twitter and <laughs> go after them, like and get into arguments with them. So like I'll even like I'll even you know go a little like like I I, I search them out, I find them, and then I pick fights with them. So <laughs> uh, I think people know where
1: I stand yeah i'm not going to defend him too hard but like oh (laughs) do you know he's young do you know he's only what is he 23 now uh yeah i i know that i realize that but that's part of my problem is he's going to be wanting a large contract because he was drafted high in the first round yeah and for what he he has shown me at this point i would not want to give him that contract now i always want to You know, kind of hedging against that a little bit by saying, of course, he can show us this year. Next year, he can suddenly spring to life and have game changing Mm -hmm. plays. But he's not shown it yet. So and and that's the thing about that's the thing about
2: free agency, too. In free agency, you're not paying for past production. If you're paying for past production, you're doing free agency wrong. You're paying for what you're projecting their future to be. And there are a lot of GMs who are projecting Tremaine Evans' future, even if statistically, like, I mean, statistically, he is putting up really good numbers, like box score stats. He's putting up really good numbers. Um, You know, people don't want to pay him that $14, $15 million, but I guarantee you on the free agent market, there are going to be teams lining up to pay him $14, $15 million because of how young he is and what they think he can turn into. Because like I said, you're, you're paying for what you're projecting him to be. You're not paying him for that past production. Yeah,
1: I I feel like there's a lot of risk there because yep. you're going to be getting into your fourth <laughs> and fifth year and then he hits the free agent market and let's say that he has another year like he had last year. I don't want to give him 15 million dollars a year for what he did last year and oh, he's hurt and in uh, Starla too late. No. You know, you're you're a first round pick. They're supposed to be better because of you and not the other way around. Yeah, no, I feel you. But uh yeah, you and you picked Tremaine and I I knew that I liked you. I knew you liked you when he picked me. <laughs> but other, I mean, there, I feel like there's people that want to say Cody Ford. We can say Dawson Knox, you know. I think uh, a, Gabe Davis could be a big one, too, because that receiving core. Uh, I know we
2: have Emmanuel Sanders and stuff, but uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is getting up there. Cole Beasley is getting up there. Uh, if 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 Gabriel Davis doesn't step up, that's a huge hole in like the future of our wide receiving core.
1: Yeah, I. I. I guess that I would have been okay if he went into the season as a number two, with a caveat that I wanted a veteran behind him just to kind of protect against that a little bit. But yeah, I I hear what you're saying. Um, You know, then next year we go into no Beasley, no Emmanuel Sanders, and Gabe Davis didn't step up. And then all of a sudden the receiving core, that's such a strength now. Next year it looks like it's where did
2: it all go? Dane Dane Jackson, too, obviously CB2 or, uh, you know, Levi Wallace, whoever ends up in that position. Hopefully the pass rush just steps up to a point where it doesn't really matter who CB2 is.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have been successful with Levi over there in the secondary, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I'm part of that very vocal, (laughs) I guess, majority at this point that always wanted an upgrade because, Yeah. yeah, he's fine. But that doesn't mean we couldn't be better. Yeah. You know, and uh, th- he's never really beat out any strong competition to take that role. In fact, Josh Norman had it last year over him. So, um, you know, I-, I don't know. That was, to me, easily upgradable when they chose not to do that. But uh, they like him. Obviously, they keep him around, but they don't really give him a strong contract. So how much do they really like him? You know, there's that side yeah. of the coin, too. But uh, I, I don't know how I feel about Dane Jackson. I'm,
2: I'm, I don't Ooh, have I'm a pumped. strong, I'm, I'm so pumped. The OTAs have got me, man. The Aaron Donald, co- the, the Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald quotes and the, the OTA interception. I'm hooked, hook, line and sinker.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm certainly not going to fight you if he turns out being a, a, the, the player that we all hope that he can turn into, or at least something better than Levi. But yeah. uh yeah, last year, I mean, he was a seventh round pick and we didn't have preseason And the folks that were able to watch the practices didn't have a lot of great things to say about Dane Jackson last year.
2: Yeah, he did. And And there was a bunch of corners that were brought in. Cam Lewis was ahead of him. Um, And then there was that other guy that like six foot four guy. I'm blanking on his name. But hey, some guys are just game time players, man. Because uh, when he stepped on the field in the the small chunks he played this year, he looked so good last year. (laughs) He looked good.
1: Yeah, the the one play that sticks out to me is when he basically, <laughs> the DeAndre Hopkins end zone play. Yeah. Just stuck right to him and stuck his hand up. And I mean, that's DeAndre Hopkins. That's probably the best receiver in the league. So, okay. What else you got for me, Steve?
2: Oh, man. I'm, I'll tell you what. I'm just, I am just, it's still 90 plus days till the season. And I'm just chomping at the bit. I'm looking forward to preseason this year because whether it's Dane Jackson or Isaiah Hodgins or Tanner Gentry or, you know, these young defensive linemen and, you know, even guys like Mike Love and some of these linebackers we brought in like Mason Lee and Tyrell Adams and obviously Tyrell Dodson, Jaquan Johnson, Damar Hamlin, maybe some youth at safety. Like, I'm just so excited uh, to see some of these young guys get their shot and get a chance to make this roster, not based on how they practiced. About how they played against other teams on an actual football field and uh just get that August football back into my life, you know.
1: How good does it feel? Because it, it, you know, I'm in my early 40s, but most of my adult life, the team's just been crap. You know, we had yeah. marginal starters and maybe a good player here or there. And now it's just like we're gonna cut some good players. You know, there's there's gonna be yeah, some it, folks that are hitting totally. the waiver wire that are gonna be attractive. It's
2: gonna sting. It's gonna sting. Like I might. Like, openly weep on our show. Uh, <laughs> these guys to get cut. Like, we here in Buffalo, like, no, like, no offense. Like, we are having this conversation on our show. Like, there's just, there, there are so few fan bases like the Buffalo Bills. Like, fan bases where, like, the uh, most fans could name the players on the practice squad. Like, the Bill, Buffalo Bills fan base, you run to someone on the street, they can not only tell you the starting quarterback, starting running back, they can tell you the fifth guy is on the practice squad. Like, we live and die with these players and, and, and like, we grow attachments to these players. Like, Brandon Riley, like, uh, comes to mind as a player. Bills fans were have been obsessed with, and when these guys get cut, like when these guys go somewhere, like, it, like that first day when those cuts come out, man, it stings. Isaiah Hodgins is gonna be that player for me this year. Like, it's gonna sting if Isaiah Hodgins does not make this roster for me. I, I'm a huge Isaiah Hodgins fan.
1: I think you better prepare.
2: I think. Oh, I think you better prepare. I know. i um, I'll. I'll be drinking a lot that day to numb the pain. I think. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Steve Mathis, one half of the air eight hour over on the Buffalo Facts Network. Please check them out. They do a really good job. As I said, they do put a ton of work into their show. They do it twice a week. And I'm lazy. I have a hard time doing one a week. Uh, but and they also do a live show, which is so much harder than doing a podcast form. So they do put a lot of work in it. Steve, we appreciate it so much. Hey, thank you, man. All right, Bills Mafia. Today, I am joined by friend of the show, BFF Jeremy. He's back after a long hiatus of being a lazy slob, and you can look for his show, The Buffalo Bootleg. It'll be back next week.
3: Yeah, thank you. You know, just just like a a lazy father, you know, sometimes you just want to walk away from your responsibilities (laughs) for a little while, and I decided to try that out. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Well I want
1: to say that's good, but that's not like Lazy father. Yeah. Okay. Uh well I'm looking forward. I miss you guys when you're out. I know uh people like to hear that. But yeah, I, I tuned into the bootleg on Sundays and when you were gone for a little while, I was like, ah, where's the bootleg at? I need something to do while I'm kind of piddling the house on Sunday. So um uh, looking forward to that.
3: Yeah, yeah. So uh at least the next week, but I mean we uh it should be on tomorrow, the uh sixth, June sixth. We should be back. Oh good day. So
1: Okay. All right. So you've done this before. You're familiar yes. with the hot seat. I have 10 questions in front of me. Number seven is taken. So which one would you like?
3: Okay. Um, so between one and 10 just cannot be number seven. I think I will go with uh, student number one.
1: Number one.
3: Emmanuel Sanders.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, I I like this question because I feel like there's a lot of... Uh, taking things for granted right so we were in the afc championship last week or last year and we were good last year and a lot of people were just taking it for granted that we will be back in the afc championship
2: do Mm -hmm. you
3: think that's true um now when you say taking it for granted do you think maybe like like they're just focusing too much like on the loss and not the fact that we made it so far is that what you mean
1: they're just expecting us to be back in the afc championship
3: um so yeah, everybody expects us to. And I mean, I hate to sound like negative, but I mean, it's it's definitely not guaranteed, you know. Um, and, and the reason I, I I say that is I always think back to like the, the Eli Manning Giants. Um, I feel like both years they went to the Super Bowl. They were like the nine and seven team. Am I, if I'm not, I, I know it was like that for like one of the teams. And you know, they. I, I feel like they were just always a team that nobody really expected to go that far. So for me, it's like w- once you make it to the playoffs, like anything can happen. You know, um, obviously, yeah. Like I want us to think that we can come back and you know we have pretty much the same team that made it last time. So can we like maintain and make it like back again and hopefully even get to the Super Bowl? Like absolutely. But uh, like I, I guess that's just the. Uh, <sighs> I'm not I'm not a pessimist. I'm not am an optimist. I'm just like a realist. You know, I always kind of like to prepare myself for the worst. And I think, hey, like, um, imagine like look look at the Colts game, the wild card game. Like mm-hmm. the the fumble that should have been doesn't get called. Imagine if he if you know we give up another Hail Mary and lose that game. Um we were we were kind of close. And then we you go to the next game with the uh, the Ravens. And I mean, if we don't get that pick six, then we were maybe like a throw away from that game being tied and who knows what happens then. So uh, like, I absolutely want to say, yes, we can absolutely make it back and there is a good chance, but I'm just that kind of person who always prepares myself for heartbreak. Not just because of Buffalo, just because of just, you just never know.
1: Yeah. And it's hard to get there as you know, Mm -hmm. as we know, even, good teams i mean you can look at the patriots and they're the exception and maybe the Chiefs are too but i mean even really good teams with really good quarterbacks don't always make it back um and like you said that ravens game if we don't get that pick six and they score there that's a much different game yeah and uh that in the the colts game was i mean that could have gone a different way really easily too yeah.
3: i mean we just won that game by what was like three points 24 27 yeah. so and then, I mean, I mean, wasn't the the Washington football team and Taylor Heineke given like the Buccaneers a little bit like of a run for like a, a while in that first game, too, like, or something I, like that? Like didn't they kind of show up a little bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, they still so, I think won that game easily, but
3: uh, yeah, I think they kind of ran away with it, but they kind of you know did a little better than you expected. but, um, so yeah, like I say, i I feel like just if you can make it to the playoffs, like God, you can upsets can happen. So it's just that, that that's when you gotta be playing your best and you have all these other teams that can be doing it well. Um I think we're a pretty well disciplined team. So I think we can like expect the Bills, you know, to make it to the playoffs and play their best. But um and yes, yeah, so like I say, I, I'm confident that we can make it back there. But there's like that the little guy on my shoulder that's like, you know, don't get don't get your hopes too far up, you know?
1: Yeah. Well and I'm, I I would bet a lot of money on the Bills winning the AFC East, and then yeah. that's getting into the playoffs have at least the four seed. Mm-hmm. So, but like you say, anything can happen. And are we really better than what we were last year? We were not good enough to compete with the Chiefs. And um, what have we done to upgrade? I don't know.
3: The weird thing is, I mean, like the first time we played the Chiefs was not that terrible. Uh, I remember we we were doing like the writers' room on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. Um, you know, self plug. Sorry shameless self plug. Uh and we were going into that the AFC game and you know the question came to me well, like like you know my topic and I was I was more optimistic and it was because of that first game and how we played then and what we were lacking and I was like oh we can absolutely win this game. So I really thought we could have beat the Chiefs and I feel like we kind of had the talent. Um it was just poor game planning and if we play the Chiefs again I like you said. Are we like a better team? Um, we have most of the same team, so I don't know if we're better. Uh, a lot of us are hoping that certain players, kind of like not only do we maintain, but some players like Dawson Knox and the run blocking and the running backs like make a jump. Um, and again, that's just that's just hope. I, I think the running game can get better. I think it. I think it will. Um, and we we're hoping a little more from our tight ends. Um, but then you go back to the defense, which I think also really hurt us in that game uh i mean you have you have travis kelsey and tyree kill like i feel like if you're game planning against the chiefs it's like we need to take those two players away and we did the complete opposite uh they both had like 10 plus catches over 100 yards and so it was just awful game planning. we have the same defense i think going against that offense so it's like what are we going to do different um so yeah when you ask if we're better I, I don't think it's fair to say. Um, I mean, at this point on paper, are we better? Not really. <laughs> um, but we have, we also have a lot of the same defense that uh, was like top five, top three the year before. So it's, you know, you think if that defense is still in there, can we return? Um, and then again, like I, I, it's like a broken record. I think about what we did to the chiefs that first game. Like I think, you know, yeah, we lost, but I don't think they blew us out of the water just again their defense did a little bit better at slowing our offense down um and then just the second game it was like they did about the same thing and our defense was not doing the same thing so yeah sorry for the rant
1: (laughs) no that's okay i I agree with you Uh, you know drafting the two edge rushers one and two yeah i mean rousseau's kind of a project player and maybe Mm -hmm. he starts giving us something at the end of the year and you know, I don't really know what Boogie Basham is. Like he seems to be what I'm hearing is a better Shaq Lawson. Uh-huh. Um, which is that good enough? I don't I don't know. I don't know that it's enough to change the makeup of the team drastically and so yeah, so much where I would expect a different outcome of the game. Now the offense was able to score a decent amount of points, even if it felt like we had to work much harder to score them than Kansas City did. So the offense to me wasn't really a problem. The defense was definitely the problem.
3: Are you talking about the second game, the AFC game?
1: The AFC Championship, yeah.
3: Yeah, we did, but even then it was uh, you know, I felt like half the points we were scoring, it was like we were already down by double digits and I don't think the Chiefs had to worry. Um yeah, it, it was almost like a Josh Josh almost looked like how uh Mahomes looked like in the Super Bowl, but not as bad. Um but yeah, but when you talk about the defensive ends, um kind of like you said, I I think our defensive end room is better. But my thing with the draft and uh, I actually, we started our break right after the draft. I, I planned on recording, but we ended up never getting to it. Um, my philosophy with draft is I like my first three, maybe four round picks to be guys that are going to compete. If, if not start right away. And I am a little bummed that we went with, uh, you know, pretty much all of our our picks right now are not probably going to be starters um like you said Rousseau maybe at the end of the year I I feel like we'll see him right away but like you said he's like a project he might take some time um Boogie Basham like I people were saying he's probably more NFL ready so I think we might see him like day one like right off the bat and uh so that'll be interesting um but then the rest of the picks you know like Spencer Brown he's Barring an injury, he's not going to be playing. And then we go to the fifth round, which is Tommy Doyle, who I think is absolutely not going to see a snap this season. But um, but yeah, like we got some defensive ends, but it's mostly like in, in this defense, those are like rotational guys. And I feel like you can only get excited about a defensive end if he's like a higher pick, you know, like top ten or you know somebody who happened to just fall to you. So I don't really think we have any of those, but it'll be interesting.
1: That's the perfect way to say that. That's the way that I think I need to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you.
3: And then Evan Epinesa. Um, everybody talks about how he kind of turned it on later. So it'll kind of see if he can keep that up and like hopefully play better.
1: Okay. What else you got for me, Jeremy?
3: Ooh, uh, I wasn't prepared for that. I thought uh We're just going to talk about yours.
1: (laughs) There's no pressure. You don't, if you don't have anything, you don't have anything. I just wanted to give you the opportunity.
3: Um, Personal question. You said you're a, you're a bachelor this weekend. How's that going for you?
1: Uh, It's going okay. My wife um, is down in Florida with some friends. One of her friends recently got divorced. So her college friends are throwing a quote divorce
3: party. Okay.
1: (laughs) So they're, uh, they're down there.
3: That's something to celebrate sometimes.
1: Well, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And also I think they were just, tired of being in the house for COVID, So they really needed an excuse Was part of it. But
3: uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm on my summer break for teaching. And um, my wife and I actually like planned quite a few things for the summer, which is cool, because we didn't really get to do anything last summer. Um, so the our Vegas trip was kind of the first thing. So it, it's it's cool to have some plans and be able to get out and do things because usually I'm the kind of person that like, ah, I'm, I'm fine with just sitting around the house and you know, figuring it out later. But this go around it was pretty cool to have some some plans in the works
1: yeah yeah i'm as you know i i live and work at home and i spend almost all my time in this little man cave slash office oh, so uh, i need to get some time out I, actually and you're filling in for me in a, in a few weeks you're that in is justice. True. yeah that is true
3: um ha- have you always worked from home
1: no, just before the pandemic and now okay. they like it. And so that's kind of the new policies. They're actually oh, okay. downgraded in the office building and getting less office space and I don't have a desk. and they just uh,
3: That's interesting. Like, uh, you know, kind of how, you know, COVID is going to change our society a little bit. Um, I mean, if people like working from home, I think that's cool. But uh, so, yeah, do you wish you had a, you could go back to an office?
1: I do, honestly. And I know that's weird because many people like to work from home, but I miss people. Yeah, this, I love my wife more than anything. And, uh, you know, her 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 parents live with me as well. But uh, I need to speak to more people than just them.
3: Yeah, I used to be able to just go into my empty classroom and just teach the kids on Zoom there. But I just had the ability to do it from my classroom instead of home. And I did it. I said, I know I'd like I like being able to get, like getting up and leaving my house and then coming back. Um, I think you said it once, like when you work from home, like every day just kind of feels the same and they blend together and uh and i don't like that you know i I like i I guess words like like barriers i guess um i just i like leaving i like coming home so i guess it's just like the routine part in me i just like that
1: no i agree so okay well jeremy i appreciate coming on and bailing me out and helping me out a little bit and and taking this uh, turn in the hot seat again (laughs) did i bail you
3: out were you uh were you having trouble
1: (laughs) Well, I got a few people lined up. You didn't really know. Okay. I was giving you a little more credit than you deserved.
3: <laughs> well, you could have just you could just kept lying and said that. I felt <laughs> I felt much better about myself. <laughs>
1: no, but I appreciate it. And uh, we'll we'll course. talk again in a couple of weeks and when you and Justice are gonna take over for me.
3: Yeah, thank you for uh, getting me out of my, my lazy slump. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. So you warm me up for later on.
1: And you're saying that it will be posted tomorrow.
3: Yeah, so there the should Buffalo. be a, a new Buffalo bootleg, the return of tomorrow, Sunday morning.
1: Back and better than ever, Buffalo bootleg.
3: Or maybe the worst it's ever been, we'll see.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right,
3: Jeremy, thank you so much. Thank you.
1: All right, Bills Mafia. Next up on the hot seat, and I'm not joking when I say this. I say this in all sincerity. One of my favorite podcast hosts, Jay Spence, the King from the Code of Conduct over there on the Buffalo Rumblings Network. Jay Spence, how you doing today? Man,
4: I appreciate the compliment. I'm doing great today.
1: How's it going for you? Good. I'm blessed to be in your presence, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're doing. You do some really cool stuff. Like it's not just you know your show and and the guests that you're have had and maybe possibly have in the future, but it's just your personality and the way you approach your podcast, man. It's it's appreciated by so many of us. So uh, I'm very blessed to be in your presence today and I appreciate it.
4: Hey man, I appreciate you guys and everything that you do over there, man, you, you, your content. First of all, if people aren't catching on, they need to hurry up because, because everything that you guys are doing over there, built in Buffalo is stepping up and it's,
1: it's amazing. It's amazing to watch. Did you see uh, one of the posts about Steven Nelson blow up on Bleacher Report? No, I didn't get to see that. (laughs) Yeah, Eli put a post up about Stephen Nelson, and Stephen Nelson liked it. And then that post actually made it up on the Bleacher Report they were talking about, so it was pretty cool. Nice, man. Good stuff. All right, we're going to go ahead and get started. (laughs) All right. right. I got the the 10 questions in front of me. Uh, I have numbers 1 and number 7 are already taken, but you can have any other number that you like. I'm going to go with number 8
4: in uh, honor of my man Kobe Bryant. That's what we're going to do.
1: Okay. Ooh, this one might be a little bit more controversial. Uh, <laughs> uh rank your top 10 quarterbacks
4: currently in the league now or yeah. all time.
1: Currently in the league.
4: Okay. Um I don't think that's going to be as difficult as uh let's see. I'm going to start off with Aaron Rodgers. I always put him first. I understand the need for a lot of people to go with Patrick Mahomes, but I'm going to start with Aaron Rodgers. Then I'm going to go Patrick Mahomes at 2. Um then I'm going to go for me here is difficult because I would either go Josh Allen or Russell Wilson I think I'm going to go Russell Wilson right now just based off the consistency over the course the longevity of his career Um, but what we saw from Josh Allen last year I'm very very willing to put him in that place so you can switch three or four with Josh and and Russ then five depending on all the legal issues with Deshaun Watson I'm going to put Deshaun there Mm -hmm. Um, this is the area for me where it starts to get murky, you know, like it, you can't really distinguish Lamar Jackson. Yes. He's won an MVP, but do I really consider him a great quarterback? So it's, it's one of those things where it's like as a talent, as a football player, he's a phenomenal player, phenomenal player and the things that he does, but I don't know if I personally rank him as a top 10 quarterback. Now, if I rank him as a top 10 quarterback, I want to have starting a franchise for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I'll put him there, but This is where it gets tough for me, man. Uh, You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with my man, Matty Ice, even though he hasn't been playing as great. Okay. Um, I'm going to go there because, again, he's consistent, very consistent. Then I'm going to go with my guy who was just recently traded out to the L.A. Rams. Ladies and gentlemen, I know Detroit has been bad for so (laughs) I know they've been bad for so long. But it wasn't because of the quarterback position, it was not. Uh I don't know. Let's start with the first five because I got the second <laughs> five. I would you're right. It is tough. It is tough. So yeah, let's start with the first five. And and by the time we're done, I, I think I can have a second five kind of kind of group there together for you.
1: Okay, so you forgot about Brady.
4: No, I didn't forget about Brady. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I don't I, I know that obviously he played great, lights out um second half, and he just won a super bowl. I'm not putting Tom Brady there because if I'm looking at the entire season, I, I don't I don't see it that way. Now, if we're going longevity like I'm talking about everybody else, then, then yeah, OK, I'll, I'll throw him up there. Um, I'll put him I'll put him probably seventh right now if we're talking in terms of all time status. he's He's one or two.
1: OK, so that would be right after Stafford. OK, I I. I'm gonna get some hate for this, but I—that's the way I feel. So I'm not gonna shy away from what I say here. Um, I—I got to give Brady the respect that he's earned, and no, he's probably not what he was ten years ago, but he's still pretty good. Um, I, I think I'd probably go A. Rod one. I agree with you there. I'll go Brady two. Okay. Um, probably Russell Wilson three, and then. If you're going to talk into four, five, six range, Josh Allen is there somewhere in that four, five, six range, and di- right there with Deshaun Watson. Um, you, you you probably got Matt Ryan ranked a little bit higher than I might like, uh, mm-hmm. but I still respect it. He's got to be a top ten. He's still in the top ten somewhere. But uh, Dak.
4: You know what? I, I think I forgot about Dak just based off of the injury last year. I didn't, you know, so recency bias would would have taking Dak out of that conversation for me so yeah no i would agree with you as far as Dak. i think i think for me when it comes to tom brady i respect him i 100 know that he's that dude what it comes what it comes down to for me when i look at tom brady is that you know when i'm thinking of great quarterbacks at this point i'm thinking of guys who can come in there and um you know like we still see last year aaron Rodgers had the the talent to do it w- around him but whether aaron Rodgers has Devontae Adams, or if he's throwing it to, you know, Kumaro, like, you know, he's throwing touchdowns every week. Um, Tom Brady didn't do that in New England, like his last year there, He, he had a he had a lessened talent roster. And now he's in Tampa Bay where he just won a Super Bowl. But I mean, his third wide receiver is Antonio Brown. So I'm not I'm not saying that he's not Tom Brady. I'm not saying that he's still not amazing. What I'm saying is, when I'm looking at the quarterback and I'm stripping it down, like I'm stripping your talent down, and I'm saying I'll put you on any team I don't think if you take Tom Brady and put him on Aaron Rodgers team from last year, I don't think the Packers have the same success. But I think if you take Aaron Rodgers and put him on the Buccaneers, it's another Super Bowl.
1: I agree with that. That's a good point. I agree with that. And I'm with you on Lamar, too. Um, if Is he a good quarterback? Can he win you some games? Sure. But is he a pure passing quarterback, you know, in the traditional sense that, uh, you know he doesn't belong on the list. He's he's probably outside the top ten. Maybe I put him at like somewhere between ten and twelve. Yeah. But even the year you won his MVP, thirty six touchdowns. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, what do you have like twenty seven hundred yards passing or something like that? Like yeah, it wasn't nothing like super
4: impressive. Um and but and, and so and then here's the thing that gets to me about the Lamar um, debate and Lamar Jackson MVP conversation. Like you know they talk about how great of a season that was last season Josh Allen literally had that and more, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was a phenomenal season for Lamar Jackson, but Josh Allen literally had the same season, you know, save a couple, like save, save some yards on the, on the ground cause he didn't run as much and he's not as elusive. But if you look at those numbers, touchdown through the air. Yeah. Very similar touchdowns on the ground. Look at it. So, I just think Josh Allen overall is a better talent with, with his arm. So you all know how I feel about Baker. I think Baker's a better better throw of the football than, than Lamar Jackson. So I don't know, man. <laughs> I love Lamar. I love Lamar. But we're talking about quarterback play.
1: Yeah, and the rushing yards, I, I'm not here to say that it doesn't matter. And it's a good thing when your quarterback does have that ability. But I also think that is a crutch for someone that can't, I mean, Josh Allen's rookie year. Of course he didn't have the weapons, but when you're still learning the game, it's just oh, oh, oh shit. And then you take off running and that's yeah. sort of a a crutch for you. But I throughout my most of my adult life as a Bills fan, you know, fourth quarter down by a touchdown, that's not gonna get it done. You need to be able to pass it. And that's just kind of how I feel.
4: Yeah, and and So, and to your point about Josh, like his rookie year, Josh has literally gotten better every single year. So like, yeah, his rookie year, he did have those moments where it's like, all right, I'm gonna just take off and run because I'm getting chased. But he also showed flashes of of great passing. He showed flashes of great vision. The accuracy just wasn't there at times, but then it also was a direct result of the, the players he was throwing the ball to. So I think, you know, we see the real Josh Allen at this point. I think we also have seen the real Lamar Jackson to this point. I don't think... Um, the Josh Allen growth or the Josh Allen effect that that everybody's talking about now it's not common you know it's not something that happens like somebody who throws you know 54 percent or 53 percent takes a jump to 68 percent or takes a jump to even just 65 percent which is still a great year I don't think we're going to see a year where Lamar Jackson is really just lighting it up throwing 66 67 percent for for four thousand yards now he might throw 65 percent if he's throwing, you know, 2,800, 3,000 yards because he's probably doing some dink and dunk things. Mm -hmm. I'll go there. But I just do not see Lamar Jackson as being a viable quarterback in the NFL as a quarterback. And I read a report that said they're actually going to start playing him under center more. Why? Why in the hell would we do that? That just doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, You're talking about making the jump from Josh's rookie year to where he is now. Like that is completely unheard of yeah but i mean it's the nfl people get better but they don't get that better that quickly right and And if you copy if you take that to where he was when he was drafted and what he did in college he went to a shitty conference he couldn't Mm -hmm. dominate in college didn't really have any big wins and we drafted him which can you imagine being brandon Bean in that draft room and that all of your staff your coaching staff, like everybody's job is on the line and you're like, yeah, we're going to go with this guy going with the rawest talent out there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so when he came in and made that jump, I mean, there, I feel like there's people out there trying to rewrite their narrative on Josh Allen. Like we knew he was great when he was drafted. No, no, we didn't. Many, most of us didn't. We were, had serious concerns and we're happy. We were wrong. What happened to be wrong, but we can't go back and rewrite how we felt at the time.
4: Hundred percent. I um and and I, I throw myself out there as a, you know, because I know you know a lot of times guys will will backtrack and say no, I've always believed no, I absolutely did not. I did not want anything to do with Josh Allen coming out of the draft. You know, it's like after going years in Buffalo with the quarterbacks that we've had, and this is not a slight against anybody. Everyone knows I love EJ Manuel. Everyone knows I love Tyrod. I love Jim. I love JP. Everybody, you know, Trent, all of them, but. We have not had consistently good quarterback play. I think the last really good quarterback, if you want to kind of debate that, was like Doug Flutie, Drew Bledsoe times. We just haven't had the guy that came in and you felt confident at the beginning of the season. Like, oh, we're going to go to the playoffs because we have him. Now we have it. But but nobody expected Josh to be what he, what he is. Nobody. Um Mel Kuyper did. <laughs> Mel Kuyper absolutely did. I think he was the only one in the professional realm of things that was like, no, this kid's a stud. And
1: he fought. He fought that battle, man. He's like, he's not afraid. And I got to give him credit because, you know, I don't really have anything against the milk hyper and I don't have to agree with all his takes, but that's a bold take to have that opinion back then and good for him for sticking to it. Yeah. Well, you know, he was he was actually
4: projected at one point to be the first overall pick. And I don't know what ended up, you know, it's it's been some time now, so I don't quite remember, but Josh was projected at some point to be the overall pick because he had like such amazing arm talent, but he kind of just, I don't know where it fell to where Baker ended up. I don't even know how Baker grew to be the number one pick. Like, like where did that come from? Because that guy, you talk about top ten. I'm not gonna go on a Baker rant. I know everybody knows, but that guy is. I
1: mean, like, man, come on, come come on, Baker. I yeah, I, I I don't remember it being like projected. I know that there was some speculation about Josh Allen, but it kind of died down. Like as he got closer to the draft and the Browns took Baker. And then I was kind of like, well, then the, the Colts screwed us by trading uh, to the jets. And uh, so they got Bradford because mm-hmm. that was the other guy I wanted. And I'm like, all right, Josh Rosen. <laughs> and yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I was at a bar with my brother and I was watching that. We were watching the draft. And as and soon as I said, I was like, what the hell is this? What the hell is this? I'm waiting. Like, it's the big buildup. Like this, is, we're getting our quarterback. This is our guy. I've been waiting. And then we picked this guy and I walked out. I just left him there.
4: <laughs> I was so, um, I was very disappointed. Now it was Josh. So obviously, like I said, now I love him, but like the moment it happened, I, a, I wanted Lamar. And I, the reason why, um, obviously it was right after the tie rod era. So I feel like the team that we had at the moment, I thought in my mind is like, okay, we could just plug Lamar in. And it's like, okay, we could just, finished what we're doing, but we're better because he's better than Tyrod. The team went a different direction, thankfully. And for that reason, I thank God I'm not a GM. But no, I absolutely am with you, man. Like, man, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful.
1: <laughs> I've never been happier to be wrong.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Like, I'll tell people, no, I was 100% wrong there. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>
1: All right. Jay Spence, the King from the Code of Conduct over on the Buffalo Rumblings Network. You can catch him on Mondays, but I feel like I've had some other stuff pop up in your feed where it wasn't always on a Monday. Am I right about that?
4: Yeah. And, um, with the, it with the being the offseason right now, I've been trying to do, you know, just random shows at times. Either where I'll, you know, kind of link with the player or I actually have a couple of things coming up that won't be related to football at all. But we'll be sharing the platform uh, from the Code of Conduct with it. So. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be having Madison Carter on very soon. Um, I'm going to have Adrie V from WBOK. We got Renee Washington. It's going to be one episode where we're going to just have a platform of uh, strong women who love sports and love Buffalo. And uh, we're going to have a, a good conversation there. I also have some big guys coming up soon. I got um, our our beloved Mike Rodak coming back to join us um, to, to come back and just share some memories about his time covering the Buffalo Bills and. So I'll be releasing a whole bunch of different uh schedules coming up very, very soon.
1: Wait, can I interrupt you right there? When is the microdac yeah. one? I want to make sure I get that one.
4: <laughs> the deck one, I believe I, I got to look at the schedule, but I believe he's um actually in two weeks on, on the Monday. So the Monday, the date of June, I'm sorry, I'm the fort, the 14th. Yes.
1: Okay. All right. I'm going to mark my calendar on that one. All right. You got anything else for me, Jay Spence? No, man, I appreciate you calling me
4: on here and uh, to, to do this with you. And like I said, anytime that you, Dave, my man, I know I, I know a rich goes by a ton of them, ton of different names. I call him a plus because that guy is always <laughs> he's always doing the damn thing the right way. So shout out to my man, a plus shout out to my man, Dave, everybody else that's over there doing it. And obviously, Vince, man, keep doing what you're doing. Really.
1: It's awesome.
4: Awesome. What you're doing.
1: Awesome. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And it does mean a lot coming from you. So, all right. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Yes, sir. You too. Bill's Mafia. That is it. That is all I have for you this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed speaking with the folks this week on the hot seat and uh, looking forward to talking to you guys next week right here on the Built in Buffalo Network. Until then, please be kind to everybody and squeeze somebody close
3: to you. Go Bills. Can I get apps and zerts? Zerts are what I call desserts. Tray trays or entrees. I call sandwiches Sammy's, Sanduzzles, or Adam Sandler's. Air conditioners are cool blasters with a Z. I don't know where that came from. I call cakes big old cookies.
0: I call noodles long ass rice. Fried chicken is fry fry chicky chick. Chicken parm is chicky chicky parm parm. Chicken catchatory? chicky catch. I call eggs pre-birds or future birds. Root beer is super water. Tortillas are bean blankies. And I call forks food rakes. Yeah, you can get as many desserts as you want. Well, let's get in my go mobile car. If you were not absolutely satisfied with this podcast episode, please contact your state senator or the postmaster general. Please be sure to mention, Vince Taylor said that you are a big fucking cry-ass.
3: Boy, I'm sure glad that's over with. Me too! Yeah, but you know, I learned something today.
2: Just when you think this show is terrible, something wonderful happens. What? It ends. Ah! <laughs>
1: That's all,
0: folks.
3: You're still here? It's over. Go home.
2: Go.